Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, as always, for listening. And I'm going to continue a bit with my senior year. And if I jump around a little, well, you know, my memories flood to me as they do. And I'm sure that my friend Jeff would remember things much more clearly and with distinct details than I do. And I'll have to ask him to fill them in. But uh, he was one of my dear friends in senior year. He was one of the juniors that I mentioned as hanging out with and I'm still in touch with him today. He's a wonderful, wonderful person and I'm so grateful for his friendship. So I'll have to check in with him at some point and ask him <laughs> what he thinks about all of these and how I did in terms of being faithful to the memories. But in any case, uh, so my little car, and that was her name, by the way, little car, LC. So I called her Elsie. Elsie also enabled me to branch out and grow up in um, an important way that, of course, teenagers do, which was drinking and going to bars and such. Now, the drinking age in my time was 18. So to be an attractive, you know, 16-year-old and get into bars was not really a difficult thing. So we had a favorite bar in downtown Nyack that we loved to go to because it had an open mic night. So it fed right into our um, music, you know, delights and in a different way. We got to sing modern music, you know, and pop music and whatever. The bar was called The Office, which still to this day I think is a brilliant name for a bar because, you know, Honey, I'm staying late at the office tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it was wonderful. And there was a um, older black man who was a bouncer there named Dougie. And he let us in for a kiss on the cheek, basically. He was like, yeah, yeah, turn the other cheek and here, just plant one right there and you can go in. So we went in and uh, we loved this one band that also frequented the office and they're actually still around even though they're probably a little grizzled and maybe they were grizzled at the time but the band was called Finn and the Sharks and they were like they had a couple of albums so we were like ooh local celebrities wow awesome and we would always anytime Finn and the Sharks was playing at the office we were there uh, and then open mic night was on Wednesday nights. And so we would always, we'd like, what are you singing at open mic night? And we're preparing for open mic night. And we tried to go as often as possible. And I would sing, you know, various Carly Simon songs and whatnot. 
But then uh, into the year, the Madrigals even performed one time at Open Mic Night, and that was very different fare, obviously, than um, <laughs> what they were used to. Uh, no rock and roll, and I'm sure the people who were just regular drinkers there and such were like, uh, what's this? Okay, interesting, uh, something different. And that was very, very fun. And I, uh, at that point, you know, I was experimenting with various, various dating. And finally, I started to date my magical partner, who we, you know, having been juniors, we were in the back row of the Madrigals. The Madrigals were um, two tiers. One, the front row would sit in chairs, and then the back row would stand behind them so that we could all be very close and hear each other and hear the harmonies and make sure we were in tune and playing off each other. So in the back row, when I was partners with one of the senior boys, my friend Paul stood next to me. And when I was super nervous, he would, you know, hold my hand and we all held hands in the back row and, and he would reassure me and that was so great. And so in senior year, I started to realize that I felt more for him than just being a friend. And we started to date. And this was my really first serious relationship and helped me to get past the threshold of sex being just a tool for, you know, getting ahead with people that I wanted to be in their sphere, you know, that I wanted to influence in some way. And sex became something wonderful, wonderful. He was such... Uh, you know, for a 17 year old, I mean, my goodness, he was so romantic and so generous and so kind and, and gentle and lovely. And we spent beautiful time together. His home was within, within walking distance of the high school. So we could actually walk to his home sometime, just leave my car where it was. And we would walk to his home and he would make me, I remember, curried tuna salad sandwiches <laughs> with lots of mayonnaise and and those were a delight somehow it was something new and exotic curry was certainly new and exotic to me and we we were really you know in love for a while there and it was wonderful we in the fall of uh senior year the drama club you know the drama students put on the play Dracula. And once again, I did not get into the cast, ARG, um, but my friend Luba was the beautiful leading lady and this crazy guy named Victor was Dracula. And it, he had never been in any of the shows I think before, but this was his role. <laughs> he was a senior and, and he was a math nerd actually, and um, but really enjoyed playing this part and did a beautiful job and at the cast party for this show uh we you know cast parties were a very different thing once you had a date you know once you had somebody to hang out with so we that cast party was wonderful and um after spending some time at that cast party we madrigals split off and decided to go to this bar in piermont called the turning point and when we got there, it was fairly empty. There were not too many people there. So we sat and drank, and then we decided 
that we would just start singing. So there wasn't an open mic night per se, but the owner was like, oh yeah, you want to sing? Definitely. And so we started to sing and we sang through a bunch of different songs that we had been working on that fall. And one of them was Lady When I Behold the Roses Sprouting by, uh, oh, Thomas Wilby. It was a Renaissance, beautiful Renaissance song. And Paul was looking in my eyes the whole time we were singing that song. The lyrics are, Lady, when I behold the roses sprouting, which clad in damask mantles deck the arbors, and then behold your lips where sweet love harbors, my eyes present me with a double doubting, for viewing both alike, hardly my mind supposes whether the roses be your lips or your lips the roses. And oh my God, I thought that was the most romantic thing. It was incredible. And I was almost crying. And that was one of the most beautiful evenings that we spent that fall, just spontaneously singing and enjoying our company and our, our own talents. Oh, and then later on in the winter, I gave that relationship up because there was some part of me that didn't believe that I deserved that. I just couldn't believe that I deserved somehow to be that happy. And that was such a terrible thing, looking back on it, you know, as, as an adult and understanding what that thought process was. Oh, I just want to reach back and shake that poor child, that teenager, and say, why, you know, stick with a good thing. What, what made you think that that was not for you when it so clearly was? And Paul was very saddened and confused and hurt when I broke up with him. And so was I. I mean, it was just stupid and pointless. Mm, but anyway, yeah. I mean, we, we remained friends and we even said we were going to go to prom together. And then later that fell through. But, oh, it was, it was you know, a major source of drama and and wonder and beauty in my life. And I remember one of his good, good friends, my friend John, I, I also hung out with him. He was a junior and he was another one of the juniors that I hung out with a lot. And the Cars had come out with their new album in that year. And there was the song, My Best Friend's Girlfriend. And he used to sing that and, you know, under his voice and, think this is my life damn it this is the song because my best friend is going out with the girl I want to go out with but yeah all right let's see jumping on moving on um so oh in the summer between junior and senior year I took up the saxophone and this was a crazy time because I didn't know how to play the saxophone and I basically taught myself and there weren't any YouTube videos to learn from. So I had a few lessons with the band director, but he asked me to do it because he was short one tenor saxophone for his stage band and for the jazz band. And so I was like, I can do this. I'm going to do it. 
and rented a tenor saxophone and I practiced all summer and truth be told I was not very good <laughs> I was not very good but I mastered the basics of it enough to play some band music but where it really became clear that I was not up to this task was in jazz band but I loved jazz band and jazz band was so you know the, the music of it was so exciting and dynamic and wonderful uh, but I remember the saxophone section had a, a solo you know all the saxophones got to stand up and play and this other boy who I was completely besotted with named Jeff he played the alto sax and he was so good he was just phenomenally good and he was incredibly frustrated with me that I was just not holding up my end at all and my friend Suzanne also played the tenor sax and so she had convinced me like come on come on you can do this I can teach you I can help you uh, and she did to a point but you know it was just too much ambition amidst all the other things I was trying to do so when we had this saxophone solo in um, in Sir Duke Stevie Wonder's Sir Duke oh, <laughs> really messed that up so badly and I was really embarrassed but one of the very fun parts about playing the tenor sax was that I joined the marching band. Now, our school had a very prominent sports program, a uh, wonderful football team with the bizarre uh, mascot of the Flying Dutchman, which was the the ship, you know, from the from the Wagner opera. I don't I don't know how that came about. I guess the Dutchman was also the ship that came up the it was uh, Henry Hudson's, one of Henry Hudson's ships. So um, being a Hudson Valley school, that was the mascot we had, and they still have to this day. At least it wasn't controversial in, some other, in the way that some others were. But I joined the marching band, and that was hilarious because there was only 25 of us. We called ourselves the Mighty 25, and we played for the football games and we were you know out there doing our damned best but you know a marching band is meant to be like a hundred people but we had the whole choreography down and all the things and my friend Peter played the bass drum and he was just so you know uh, motivational and inspiring he loved to dance so we did a lot of fun choreography and uh, the marching band was a big piece of my fall that senior year just loved it so much but I remember I didn't go to the homecoming dance because I wasn't really part of the the sports crowd and the popular kids you know so I that whole thing was something that I missed and I didn't you know wasn't really on my radar um prom was a different thing yeah but all those all those other things those other dances in the middle of the year were not something that I guess I wanted to do at all um yeah so crossing lines into the sports arena which was interesting and uh watching the tap bats do their thing they were so beautiful with their high kicks and there's more to tell about senior year but i might deviate off a little bit this being the season of christmas there's many stories to tell about that as well so i have more for you next time and thank you for listening i'll see you then
Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.